Hello, folks, and welcome to a bonus episode of All Things Dreams. So you've heard my spiel in the past about not being an expert in dreams or dream interpretation. So now you're getting my spiel on also not being an expert in podcasts. Super great combo for someone doing a podcast on dreams and dream interpretation, yeah? Oh, well, I've been learning a ton along the way, and it's been super fascinating to be learning more about dreams, other people's experiences, and all that fun stuff. But today I'm actually going to focus a little bit more on what it's been like to start up a podcast. And fortunately, I've had a dear friend of mine, Katie Davey, who started her FemWalk podcast, and she started hers up right around the same time that I started up with All Things Dreams. So we've been really able to support each other along the way, share some of the lessons learned, and also share some of those awful frustrations. But for the most part, I think we're both really happy to have started up our podcasts and really excited to share some of our lessons learned so far. So if you're thinking about starting up a podcast or just interested in what happens behind the scenes, this podcast episode just might be for you. everyone, it's Katie here from FemWonk. Today I'm joined by Miranda from the All Things Dream podcast. Hi folks! We are just wrapping up the Atlantic Podcast Summit. It's the first one ever, so we're in Halifax, Nova Scotia, and we thought this would be a great opportunity to discuss what our experiences have been over the last six or so months in both starting podcasts and to kind of share some lessons learned and some takeaways. So the first thing we're actually going to do is both tell you a little bit more about our podcasts, uh, and I'm going to actually throw it over to Miranda to get started. Perfect. So the podcast that I started up is called All Things Dreams, and it's very much exactly what I just said. It's a podcast where there's discussions about dreams, their possible meanings and interpretations. And what I normally do is I share experiences that I've personally had because I've had crazy vivid dreams for as long as I can remember. And I've been tracking them in a journal and wanting to delve further into them and learn about the process of interpreting dreams and self-reflection and what that can kind of entail. And I figured if I'm doing all this research, I'm going to want to talk about it with other people. And I might as well have a format where I can share that knowledge as I'm learning it. And a podcast seemed like a great format to do that. And so I've been learning a ton as I go because I'm still not, and I certainly wasn't at the outset of my podcast, an expert in dreams or dream interpretation, but it's been such a blast having conversations about dreams with lots of friends, family, and myth busting along the way and learning about things that I had assumptions about that were really not true <laughs> for everyone. And then having the same thing happen with my guests. And so still pretty early days with that. And um, another thing that I do with each episode is a watercolor painting to kind of depict something from either the dream symbol it's being delved into or some topic that came up during the podcast that I hadn't anticipated. Mm -hmm. One of the things, yeah, one of the things I love about your podcast, Miranda, is exactly what you said. Like, I'll see, even if I just see kind of the social media post, I'm like, oh, 
have I ever had a dream like that? And I start kind of <laughs> thinking about it myself and like what, it, yeah, it's been so fascinating mm. to be like, what people have dreams like that and things like that, just yeah. again, from the listener's perspective. So I really, I think that that's so cool. And I think it's such a neat value add. Um, I'd love actually, if you would tell us a bit more about how you came up with the name and mm-hmm. perhaps even the logo. Sure. So it's kind of funny because I started humming and hawing about, okay, what's the name going to be? What's my logo and logo going to look like? And I felt like I was getting a little bit stuck on that. And in the end, I just decided, you know what? I have a concept, something I'm passionate about, and I want to get this conversation going. I want to start sharing what I've been learning and see where this project might go. So I'm just going to start recording (laughs) and um, I'll figure out the name after I've even recorded an episode or two or three. And what ended up happening on maybe the second or third episode is when I was introducing my guests and introducing the content, I was just like, all right, folks, um, thanks for joining. We're here talking all things dreams and kind of kept just kept going with the flow of the conversation. And when I was thinking about it, just the descriptor of what we were talking about of all things dreams made sense to me. I liked it. And I immediately went and kind of Googled to see if there were any podcasts with that name, searched um, and found that it wasn't taken and it wasn't on Twitter. It wasn't on Facebook. It wasn't on Instagram. So I immediately made those accounts (laughs) so that it wouldn't get taken before I had posted um, any of my episodes so that I was able to kind of secure that name that I really liked. But I'm also curious about your, your logo process because for me, when I was trying to figure out what that would look like, I went for something that I thought was kind of like, oh, this is pretty and dreamy and I like the color purple. I really like my logo, but as the show has been evolving, I'm kind of looking at this like pretty bright purple logo and then compared to some of the content where I'm talking zombies and vampires and axes and in like someone's back and like just the weird places dreams can go and like sleep paralysis and terror and nightmares and then pretty purple logo. (laughs) So in some ways I'm like, this might be a little deceptive. Um, But I still find despite some of the the scariness of some of the dreams, the show itself is lighthearted and educational. And I like to think of it as like a fun experience. So I think that it works to some extent, but um, I do question if I should have gone a little bit darker or something. But having in mind my experiences. I'm curious to hear about what that was like for you and if you had any similar evolutions or how that went. But but tell us about your podcast, Katie. No, that's really interesting. And just as you were going over your name and your logo, it made me reflect on mine as well. And I did have quite a different experience. Mm -hmm. Um, But first, yeah, I'll talk a little bit about my podcast and then I can transition into that. So my my elevator pitch, which I've <laughs> worked very hard to develop. Basically. Bring it on. Yeah. So FemWonk is a policy and current affairs podcast that discusses both traditional and innovative public policy and current affairs from a perspective of gender and inclusion. Mm-hmm. So really why I even wanted to start this podcast was because I really felt that particularly in the media and in the content I was consuming and also in the work I was doing, which was on kind of a policy 
uh, it was a policy work from an inclusion perspective and more social policy. I really didn't feel like my perspectives were captured in mainstream media. I didn't feel like there were a lot of women whose voices were being quoted in news stories and that actually since I've done a bit of research on that, that is true. So it's about 25% of quotes and news stories are um, are given by women compared to 75% men. I was opening up the news and I was getting frustrated and frustrated and frustrated and I was you know, sick and tired of seeing transformational policies like uh, childcare support for low-income families being covered by how much they were going to cost rather yeah. than the fact that they could have a transformational impact on ending generational poverty, for example. So I was like, you know what? This is an area where I actually do have experience, I have a passion, and I'm frustrated that the conversation Mm -hmm. isn't happening, so I'm going to see if I can insert myself and bring those conversations to life. Um, It's definitely been a learning curve, so I had the exact opposite experience as you did, which was, (laughs) well, I'm just going to start recording and see how this goes. I was like, I'm not tech savvy at Mm -hmm. all, so the idea of recording a podcast was so daunting to me that I actually thought about this for probably two full months. And I actually was working with an accelerator at the time, the Be For Change uh, Accelerator at the Pondish Bande Center. And I wasn't recording podcasts. Like I was was creating a podcast and I wasn't recording them because I was so honestly overwhelmed by the actual recording. So Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time thinking about my name and my logo and even the, you know, social media because I felt that that was something I could control in a way that I couldn't, (laughs) the recording. So then it feels less foreign on those parts. Like for me anyway, even though I've never had a Facebook account for a podcast or an Instagram or Twitter account for a podcast, I've had Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram accounts, so it wasn't like I was going into this completely foreign new space, whereas when it was on the recording side, I don't record other things, and I don't edit recordings in the day-to-day of my life, so that was 100% new territory and very intimidating, Yeah, and it was definitely one of those, well, I'm just going to bite the bullet, see how this goes, and um, hope for the best, And, and I... And I feel like, to some extent, there's certain things where I feel like that worked out for the better and other parts where I'm like, maybe I should have done a little bit more research, but I think it's all just part of the learning process. Totally. And that, I think one of the things for me too was because my topic was, you know, a bit more heavy, Mm -hmm. I was really nervous that if I put out a product One, without having any sort of like brand or kind of social media or places where folks could find me, I wasn't going to be doing the topic a service, I guess, or I was going to be doing it a disservice is a better way of framing it. And so um, to be honest, like that was something that really weighed a lot on me was like, if I, if I put kind of horse before the wagon or, or whatever, and again, I was putting these barriers on wagon myself. Wagon before the horse. Wagon before the horse. I guess you should put your horse before the wagon. <laughs> um, then I was, yeah, I was just going to be whether or not, like not reaching the right people or not engaging the folks that I was trying to engage, which in hindsight, I think was a bit silly of me to, to be thinking about. So yeah. But I think it's because you care so much about it. Totally. And because you have such a respect for the topics, for the people you're interviewing. And I think that it's representative of the quality um, that you consistently deliver. Mm-hmm. And so I think that um, it's natural that 
natural for the reaction to for you to have had that mm-hmm. and I think that you're in the end like I think your podcast is probably for the better because of it mm-hmm. and I think that there to be fair I think that this topic and the the issues that you're covering are extremely important and I think that the world is fortunate to have you covering those topics. So, oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> um, just yeah, before we transition into maybe some challenges we faced um, on the name and logo for me. Um, so the logo, I purple is my favorite color. I think it's your favorite color I know. too. See, great minds think alike, right? Exactly. So the logo, like I knew that I wanted my logo to be like a nice like light purple and some mm-hmm. gray and white like mm-hmm. I wanted it to be kind of I knew the colors and I knew that I wanted it to be simple because again on the podcast side when you go and you're on you know Apple podcast or whatever you see the little tiny thumbnail of a mm-hmm. logo and I just wanted it to be simple so it was like easy to see and read I also remember when we were first talking and you brought up Miranda, I'm looking at starting a podcast, and you're like, this is my logo, and I pull out my phone, I'm like, Katie, I'm also looking at starting a podcast, look at my logo, and we both had mainly purple, and then highlights of, like, white and gray, so it was, even though we, our podcasts have gone, and they cover very different topics, they're different styles, um, you could definitely see some of the similarities in our aesthetic tastes definitely, coming through. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and, and so the name, um, it's very much two parts, and, and I feel maybe similarly about the name as you maybe do about the logo. Like, the folks that know, for example, what a policy wonk is, they get my logo. However... Mm-hmm. Um, I took it for granted at the beginning, um, which is something that just over the last six months I've really thought about hard and learned about, which is that, you know, I am in my own head all the time and I'm thinking about these topics all the time, but not everybody is. And if I want to create an an accessible product um, and have an accessible conversation, I need to remember that I am, in some cases, you know, an expert on topics and not everybody has the luxury of spending all of their time thinking about the same things I'm thinking about. And so I often, often, often get people being like, uh, femme wonk, is that how you pronounce it? And and what does that mean? And so I didn't expect that at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And again, that was an oversight on my behalf. Um, But that being said, I think that there is something intriguing about your name and there's something different about it. And I, I enjoy hearing you kind of explain it and kind of talk about like this is how Katie's brain works and how (laughs) this was created and I also think that what could help compensate for some of the what's a femwalk for those who might be a little bit confused by that I find your episode titles are very clear on Mm. this is what's being discussed so when it's being posted and it's like new episode of femwalk femwalk (laughs) Miranda can't even pronounce it And she is a femwalk. (laughs) New episode of femwalk. That right underneath, there's the topic of the Mm -hmm. um, discussion that makes it fairly clear along with who the guest is. And I think that might help to kind of balance out the Mm -hmm. uh, either questions from potential listeners. Right. And actually, yeah, the very first episode we recorded was called What is a Femwalk? Yeah. And that episode... 
Um, it's actually only our second most popular episode, but it still um, gets a lot of traction even right now, even though it's, you know, 15 episodes back, a lot of folks will engage with that episode first. And so um, so I think that's great. And it does create I, I tried to give a real overview of what we were trying to talk about. But overall, the name was, you know, I was thinking, again, policy wonk. And oftentimes you'll hear people refer to somebody as a policy wonk and sometimes it's positive but sometimes it's negative and you know maybe that's the person that is a bit more quiet or introverted and really sweats the details and things like that um and it was kind of a way for me to like re to take back that name I guess like a little bit like to take the wonk back and and portray it in a positive way and portray it in a way that you know we need to be having these conversations but again we need to be having these conversations from an inclusive perspective from a gender perspective um and although so the word femme so f-e-m-m-e one it means woman in french Mm -hmm. which again i think is is unique um but i also want to recognize the reality that femme is also um a word used in the queer community and i don't want to be appropriating that term and Mm -hmm. and and taking it as my own but rather trying to involve voices that are from a different perspective and not a perspective from my own so I think that for me it really was this is a word that from my perspective is inclusive but also it is not my word Mm -hmm. and I think that again engaging folks in that diverse conversation is important um I'd also actually you mentioned now a couple times so you talked about your paintings, and then you talked about the name titles. Um, also, for those who don't know, Miranda is the um, creator of the Femmonk Cactus. <laughs> She's very creative. Um, so I'd actually love to know your perspective a little bit on, I guess I'll use the word marketing broadly, but um, you know I've read lots of things about you should have grabby titles so people will jump into your episodes and things mm-hmm. like that. But I think, again, from my perspective, I'm like, well, a grabby title might not actually get people to interact with my episode. I struggle with that because there's that part of me who loves a good pun, loves a good play on words, loves a good kind of... I like the cheesiness and the quirkiness. And sometimes I'll come up with something and I'm like, ooh, I love this title. It's so... It speaks to me based on having done the episode. And then I'll look at it and then I'll think, does it speak to anyone who hasn't <laughs> listened? And will it make any sense to them or will it just be something that they're like I don't know what they're talking about I'm not sure this is something I'm interested in and moving along because there's lots of options I'm not naive to think that everyone out there is like oh can't wait for the next episode of all things dreams I'm I or I know exactly who this is and I'm here you know other side of the world (laughs) and like I get this is a niche area and I'm here in the little province of New Brunswick, well, right now in Halifax, (laughs) but um, recognizing that you need to kind of take into account the, um, that there's, could be potential listeners from all over and to find the balance of being clear in terms of what product that you have, and then also figuring out what product you want to deliver. And are you going to be happy with a, this is exactly what it is and just kind of very straightforward or you know what, screw it. This is something that I want to be quirky and different in, so I'm just going to do that. And I think I'm still kind of figuring out the balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. And again, like, it, it all depends a little bit on your brand, right? Mm-hmm. Are folks going to engage with your podcast because they're looking for, you know, mm-hmm. a light and airy and, like, 
weird and dark sometimes mm-hmm. and quirky podcast for you like yes probably <laughs> for me not so much um but I'd love to know we chatted a little bit or I chatted I guess about some challenges I faced right at the beginning on the tech side and being very overwhelmed by mm-hmm. it but I'd love to know if there were any challenges you faced in again starting up the podcast right from the beginning yeah for for anyone out there who's kind of been thinking about you know do I want to do a podcast is this going to be the right avenue for getting my message out there, getting my voice out there on any topic. You know, maybe it's not on the policy gender issue side like Katie, and maybe it's not on the dreams and what your brain's trying to figure out with your subconscious mind like me. But you're thinking, yeah, podcasting, maybe that's something I'd be interested in. Like you, Katie, I've definitely encountered tons of issues, particularly on the technical side, because there were a lot of steps in the process that were things I'd never encountered before. Like I've never developed like an RSS feed. I've never had my own website. I've never uploaded podcast files, like audio files to different um, different sites. Mm-hmm. Like, And those are all things that were brand new. And pretty much each of those steps involved something I wasn't anticipating going wrong. And totally not to say that they were any of them were game changers or deal breakers for the work, but they're they were frustrations, they were hardships and difficulties. And when you kind of like stack them all up, it was it could be it was a little bit fresh. It was okay. It was a lot frustrating (laughs) at the outset. But one thing I would um, definitely advise would be to expect the unexpected, build more time on the front end than you think that you're going to need. Be kind to yourself when the things go wrong and and recognize too that um, there's there's certainly lots of different learning opportunities along the way. And if you know other folks who are into podcasting, um, definitely reach out because I know even just having conversations with, with you when we were um, starting out and where you were kind of like, oh, this went wrong. And I'm like, okay, I'll keep this in mind. And I'll yeah. be like, oh, by the way, um, when you're putting like this image up or when this is happening, like you might run into this error. And, um, and I've had similar conversations with other folks as well. And I find it's also just kind of feeling less alone in those struggles totally. can be kind of helpful. <laughs> yeah. I actually think that that's a great point of just letting folks know. So both Miranda and I, we are one human shows. So we, we do all mm-hmm. of our own pre-producing, editing, recording, promoting, research. <laughs> research. Yeah. So, which is a little bit different from some folks and, you know, some folks do have the luxury to have a production team and things like that. So we do everything, which I think to your point, Miranda, mm-hmm. created some unique challenges from the beginning. Um, I'll also say right now we're recording on Audacity. Uh, and that was a recommendation I got from Miranda. And Miranda, I think mm-hmm. you got that from somebody who actually works a bit more in this space. Yeah. Um, and we were using the Amazon Basics mic, which was honestly, when I Googled mics on Amazon, it was the cheapest one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it works really well. I like it a lot. So um, those are the two pieces of tech we're using right now. Uh, but again, right from the beginning for me too, I'd never done any of those things before. So I faced lots of challenges, but also what I loved was little things that would not be a success to somebody, for example, were huge wins for me. Like I literally created a landing page for a website and I was like sharing it with my friends being like, guys, look, I created this website all by myself. (laughs) Yeah. Which I think is like (laughs) amazing because although yes, like challenges definitely faced the wins almost, even though they were small, they felt 
great because mm-hmm. I had created this narrative for myself that I was not a tech person, this was going to be difficult, etc. But now, you know, say, I think we're kind of six months out from ideation, not necessarily six months of recording per se, but now, like, those issues are non-issues, mm-hmm. and still, we like, we face issues, but... I think the learning opportunity is so great and it was it's just great to be able to have that opportunity and now share some of those learnings with folks so they're not pulling out their hair um, when they're trying to trying to start. Um, and actually, I, I don't know about you, Miranda, but I, I get questions fairly regularly from folks that are like, oh, wow, so cool. You have a podcast. I'm starting a podcast. Tell me your lessons mm-hmm. learned. Um, what would your top piece of advice be for those folks? I think um, going back to that piece around whatever kind of timelines you have in mind, maybe give yourself a little bit more wiggle room than what you had initially envisioned, just for that flat tire time, if you will, <laughs> the allowance for things to go wrong, and also finding that balance between getting a product that you're happy with and ready to move forward with. So to take the time to really think about it, what's it what's it going to look like? Ask yourself some questions about, you know, the format, the feel, the goal, the why, but don't drive yourself so bonkers around getting it perfect so that you never start. I know when I was first starting, um, part of the delays was around wanting to make it just exactly right for what I wanted to do. And then it got to the point where for the millionth time or so, I was telling someone, yeah, I'm going to be starting up a podcast and this is my vision. And then it was at the po- this point, my brother Joe, who I was talking to, and he's like, well, let's start. Like, what's 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 the yeah, hold up? Let's record. And yeah. and then I that night, I ended up recording the first few episodes of the podcast with my family. And I think that that was kind of the kick in the butt that I needed to just pull the trigger on it. And... It was something that really kickstarted that work. And I don't, I feel like if there wasn't something that really just kind of boosted me forward, I might still be here talking about, well, I attended this <laughs> I conference this on podcasts yeah. and this is my idea. And I think that was important to just, it doesn't have to be perfect. It won't be perfect. You're going to figure things out on you as you go. And if, but if this is something that you have a vision for and you're passionate about, start it. Yeah, I think that's such a great piece of advice. And I actually remember the very first episode I recorded, which does not exist online, (laughs) um, I shared it with my partner and was like, look, I made this thing. Isn't it so great? Mm -hmm. Like, tell me your feedback. Be honest. And I was kind of expecting him to be like, oh, this is so great. You're awesome. Mm -hmm. Go forward. And he actually was like, well, the music cuts out really hard and... The episode is quite choppy and you know and I was like oh well I had to keep like pressing stop and like go and he was like well I think you should probably like record the whole thing and then cut it instead of stopping and start yeah but and so I initially had a bit like had my back up a little bit and was like how dare you this was such a great accomplishment for me and then I you know thought about it and was like no yeah I can do better and yeah. I re-recorded the first episode um and I think yeah, being very humble with the product you're putting out, particularly when it is something new, is such a big, um, I think, such a big lesson and such a thing like that I now keep close to my heart. And in that lens, kind of, Miranda, what you said, it doesn't have to be perfect. 
um, to, to put out. But I think for me, what I've really kept close to my heart as well is lower your expectations, but raise your standards. Mm -hmm. So you know what? I like that. Yeah. When you put out your first podcast episode ever, you're not going to have a thousand subscribers tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But like I celebrated so many little wins, like a hundred likes on Facebook. I was like, yes, this is amazing. Um, and I just, that resonates with me big time. (laughs) Yeah. And I actually was just telling Miranda earlier before the episode, like I had a thousand listens, like finally, like the goal was last month. And you know, when I first started, do I think I probably expected maybe more or wanted more? Maybe, but I also was so happy about that and was so happy about the little wins and so happy when folks come up to me and they're like, oh, I listened to this podcast and I really liked it for this reason. It's just like you're creating a valuable product, even if it's just one person, like even if it just adds value to one person. So that was been a big takeaway for me. So now that you've surpassed the 1,000 downloads and you established your podcast and had some, you know, some hurdles and moved forward, what's next for Katie Davey? Yeah, so that's a great question. I've been thinking a lot about that lately um, because now I think actually, yeah, it's now exactly five months since we released our first episode. And so... I am starting to think like what I want this product to look like and again what value I want to add for folks and honestly what value I want this project to have for me um, because it was you know I was trying to solve a problem but what does that look like Mm -hmm. Um, and so actually I think I'm going to be towards the end of May taking a few weeks off um, to do a bit of you know, I'm, I'm doing a bit of travel, so I thought that maybe it would be a good time to regroup um, and think about, again, how can I look at what I've been putting out and see what best practices that I have learned and what resonates. Um, but I also want to start focusing on some other things. So I think I'm going to try to do more blog posts, whether it's directly related to episodes or related to some other topics. I've found that I really enjoy writing and developing that tool but I've also found that um, different folks engage with the content so thinking about again what I want that written product to look like Um, and I also think I'm going to try to work on some other projects leading up to the federal election but that is a secret for now (laughs) so I would say stay tuned Um, but yeah just taking a minute to breathe see what has been working and what hasn't, and then see again what types of content I want to be creating to add value for folks and to add value for me. What about you? Oh, for sure. Um, Something similar in the sense that I'm planning to take a break. I want to take a season approach with my podcast, and so I'm looking at one more episode for the first season, and then taking a bit of a pause to look at what product was created as a whole from season one of all things dreams what did I like what did I dislike what did I learn what type of um, a product do I want to create with the next season and I want to be able to take that critical look at at what I've done and based on what I've been learning as I go what direction I could take because when I first started this podcast As I mentioned before, I'm obviously a novice on the podcasting side, but I also was a novice on the dream interpretation and dream exploration side. My expertise was in having dreams and remembering them, (laughs) which isn't um, uh, a unique skill. So figuring out kind of what 
what what I want to make out of that, um, those experiences that I have, the conversations that I've been having with others, what I've been learning from my research and exploration of this topic, and how creative I could get as, as we go forward and what that will look like. And I feel that when you're doing a podcast each episode each week, you're doing so, I'm, I feel like I'm putting a lot of time into that research, preparation, um, editing, posting, follow-up, doing the painting, there's not a lot of time for reflection and and um, criticism and self-reflection. So I want to create a little bit of that space between seasons and hopefully come up with a season two that people are excited about and interested in and we'll kind of go from there. Amazing. I'm excited for season two and uh, again for season one. For <laughs> So Miranda, we started off the episode by saying that we were here for the Atlantic Podcasting Summit. Um, I'd love to know what your biggest takeaways were from the summit. I think one of the biggest things that really resonated with me was that to make those connections with other podcasters and to stretch yourself a little bit in terms of, or not, or a lot, in terms of the types of podcasts that you listen to. Because I don't know about other other folks, but I get into kind of rhythms and grooves and the types of podcasts that I listen to. And then I kind of take things I like from those approaches and gonna incorporate those with any ideas that I have. But I liked the idea of kind of going big and going random with podcasts that you're listening to and just picking a little bit off the buffet of podcast and listening to things that you absolutely hate overall and mixed with things you like to see a little bit more variety and creativeness in what that process could look like to get you outside your comfort zone so that you can maybe create something that you otherwise wouldn't based on inspiration from sources you might not have sought out otherwise. And I liked that um, in terms of a bit of a challenge. And I think that's something that I want to look at during my hiatus, if you will. Mm-hmm. How about you? Yeah, no, I think that that's a great point. And honestly, I sometimes find myself consuming podcasts that are fairly similar, well, I say similar-ish to mm-hmm. my topic. I would say, you know, policy, current affairs, political related, but most of them are kind of similar formats as well. So I think, yeah, it's almost getting out of your own echo chamber to build a better product. Um, One of the things that I really loved and took away from, um, as I mentioned before, trying to create an accessible product is something that's really important to me. Uh, And actually the very last session yesterday was called The Art of the Interview. And one of the things that resonated so much with me, and maybe, you know, my journalist friends will laugh because this is maybe journalism 101, but (laughs) was as the interviewer, you are a vessel for your listeners. So I thought that was such a great way of phrasing it, like remembering that you're putting this product out for folks to listen to. So what questions would they have and what clarifying points could you ask in a way that's actually um, kind of inclusive? So instead of being like, oh, everybody, my friend Miranda just talked about this, you know, obscure reference that only I understand because I'm very smart, Uh, framing it in a way, (laughs) right, framing it in a way of being like, oh, right, so you mean that book that just came out by this author, that's really, or, or, you know, framing it in a way that's not um, kind of non-judgmental to your listener, which I thought Mm -hmm. was a great way, again, of creating an accessible product, so that's something I'm really going to take away and, and, you know, really remember check my ego at the door. This is a product I'm trying to develop for listeners as well as, you know, learning myself, but making sure that 
I'm being inclusive and asking clarifying questions and bringing the folks who are not in the room to the conversation. Yeah, and I think a related point that was brought up was around finding that balance between not over-explaining things to the point where your listeners listeners are like, okay, Miranda or Katie, I get it, like Mm -hmm. move along, but also to be respectful of the fact that just because you're aware of something doesn't mean everyone is aware, and just because something's been brought up doesn't mean that they know from the earlier episode where something similar was discussed, the context. And there's ways that you can um, speak to things in a natural way and kind of flow through that's respectful. I also thought it was really interesting to learn more about the Canadian listener. Um, And I think that one of the things with podcasting, and I guess this is maybe a lesson to share with folks, um, the kind of analytics are not nearly as good as we see on, you know, Facebook or even Twitter and Instagram. So that was one of the things, because again, if you're trying to develop a product that, you know, folks enjoy, analytics are kind of important to see again. Like, do people listen all the way through to an hour-long episode or do they leave after 20 minutes, for Mm -hmm. example? So I thought that kind of getting some more of those analytics or I guess kind of the research behind the Canadian listener was really interesting to me and I think kind of adds value for sure. Yeah, and there was a lot around... There's a lot of analytics out there and it's easy to get kind of bogged down with it, but to also use them to your advantage to find information that's informative but to not get too obsessed with them and to over uh to make assumptions around what they might speak to when there are limitations like what you said around it might not be able to it might not be someone who's listened to the whole episode it might be a partial click but it can still tell you something with respect to big bumps in certain episodes or certain topics and to kind of figure out as you go based on what you're learning definitely and i think too the other interesting thing is being able to determine where your listeners are coming from and what episodes are they liking and kind of figuring out themes through that. I think that that's, you know, something that is interesting. And again, if you're talking about creating a product that's that adds value, it's like something that's good to keep in mind. But I think one of the biggest takeaways I also got from the summit was that, you know, analytics honestly are not really that important. If you're passionate and you're creating a product you're happy about, and folks are engaging with it like that's really all that matters and you shouldn't let you know downloads or clicks or likes or whatever dictate your product particularly because you know I get the question a lot like how do you make money and I'm like lol (laughs) I'm not gonna be making money on this for quite a long time if ever and that's okay so I think like again being very humble with yourself and letting the product lead the product rather than letting the analytics lead the product is another big takeaway I got. And the reminder to yourself of, okay, why am I doing this in the first place? And for the most part, what I heard over and over again at the conference was, if you're doing a podcast, it 100% needs to be something that you're passionate about, something that you're excited about, and something that you're not going to get bored with tomorrow or after one or two episodes, and that you really do have the interest to sustain something over some period of time and to make sure it's something that um, you care about. Mm-hmm. Miranda, I actually just want to pivot back a little bit to talk about some of the practical tools in the tech. Um, yeah. We've mentioned time a number of times. And one of the things that I thought was very interesting, and actually literally, I literally at one point timed an episode from the beginning to the end of how long it took to record, edit, put up, etc. Mm-hmm. And what I've kind of defined as my rule of thumb is 
a, a half an hour episode probably is going to take me three hours of time you know thinking about pre-production liaising with the interviewee actually doing the interview doing the editing and doing the promoting you are far more efficient than I am well no but but honestly I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that or I guess my biggest learning from all of that is the more pre-production you do and I what I mean is just you know the more you think about what you want your episode to look like think about the questions you Mm -hmm. want to ask the less time you're going to spend in editing because you've, I guess, almost steered the interview or steered the conversation in a way mm-hmm. that aligns with what you're trying to do. So sometimes, like, at, in the early days when I did not do really any pre-production, mm-hmm. it would take a really long time and even, like, a really long time editing out my own, like, uh, uh, and, uh, like, <laughs> editing that out <laughs> took a long time. <laughs> and that was another funny thing at the conference. One of the panelist was like I now know what an um looks like on my audio recording I seek those out and I edit them she's like it's almost like finding a zit and just popping it like it's like (laughs) that kind of like seek out and destroy those items and I was as soon as she said that I was like I know what my ums look like and I'm basically on that seek and destroy mission when I'm doing the editing piece and I think probably to some extent maybe even take out more than I need to just because I'm more sensitive to them because they're my own verbal they're my own verbal tics as well yeah but I'm also cognizant that other people are going to pick up on those as well and I want to not take away from the listening experience with just my like um uh hmm, things so (laughs) totally uh what pieces of tech do you have you found useful so again I mentioned that we both record on Audacity, um, and then I've got this Amazon Basics mic that I use. Um, I also host my website on Squarespace, which I really enjoy, um, and then I use Anchor as the platform to upload my episodes to. Mm-hmm. Those are really the only pieces of tech I have, um, and just going back to the not making money, none of this is sponsored, so <laughs> we actually use these tools and enjoy them. So Yes. <laughs> And I'm also using Audacity, like we mentioned, and I'm just using my cell phone for recording because I have so many people involved in my podcast each episode that I would need, I feel like I would need a lot of different mics and then it's not, I haven't found the right fit yet based on some of the research I've done to kind of go to the next level. But what I ended up doing is creating essentially this fabric tent around me and like a space that's like a soft environment to soften some of the tinniness and echoing that can come from that that I was noticing in my earlier episodes and that had much more of a difference than I had anticipated Mm. and it's a little bit funny to look at but (laughs) it kind of does the trick for now. Well it kind of also creates like a nighttime environment like you're dreaming sleepover tent with uh, Miranda McLaughlin (laughs) but there's just a bunch of chairs set up inside this like fabriced in area and it's yeah basically like my podcast fort amazing (laughs) but apart from that I'm not using a lot of advanced technology for the work I'm doing I am using Podbean for hosting and I use Wix website Mm -hmm. um And it's something that was, the Wix part was free, the Podbean is like a reasonable monthly rate, and I'm finding those to be a decent combination for now. But on the, for the website, I feel like there would be an opportunity 
Um, if someone's wanting to have like a more professional look to use something like Squarespace where, where you're doing that. But for me, I'm also like, this is my hobby and let's try this out and see kind of where we go from there. And as things evolve and I get a better sense of what, where I want to kind of invest more of my energy, I might reevaluate some of those earlier decisions. But for now, I'm pretty pleased with the overall products. Mm -hmm. And that's interesting that you mentioned. So you pay a small monthly fee to Podbean for the hosting and then use the free version of Wix. Um, I basically, the tools that I have selected are kind of the opposite. So Mm -hmm. I pay basically a small monthly fee for Squarespace and then Anchor is a free product. So I think really the takeaway is use whatever works for you and I think you can kind of as you evolve you can define what works well and what Mm -hmm. doesn't and so for me right now I'm looking at what a website kind of redesign might look like because one of the drawbacks I think with Squarespace is they they have templates which they're very I guess rigid templates and so again I'm thinking maybe I could insert a new template I still I love Squarespace and I'm going to keep using it but kind of looking at what like a new template might look like so yeah right now all the tech I'm using works really well for me and I'm enjoying it Um, but also there's so many resources out there now that you can again just like google where should I host my podcast and you'll get a million hits for sure Um, so I think it's finding what works best for you and some trial and error for sure along the way but We'll definitely yeah. have to regroup a little further down the line and see how things are going and see if we have any other lessons to share with each other. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, the biggest takeaway that I've had from this overall episode, yeah, find what works for mm-hmm. you, um, ask for help and seek help and recognize that people want to give feedback and people are like interested in the podcast space right now, yep. even if they're not engaged in it. So I think that that's been a really unique experience too. Um, and what I'd also love to ask from both my Femlonk listeners and from Miranda, the All Things Dreams folks, and I'm sure you would like the same, um, as we're both in a bit of a pivot phase, if you folks have any feedback you'd love to give yes, us, like reach sure. out, like, yeah, whether it's through social media, you can find all of my social media at Femwonk. Um, and for me, it's at All Things Dreams. Yeah. So reach out, let us know what you're loving, let us know what you might want to change. Uh, We'd be really happy to have that feedback and to have kind of that more discussion with folks who are actually engaging with our products from the other side. I think that it would be really great to have that feedback. No, that sounds awesome. Great. Well, until next time.